It's a new season here at Driftless Drinks. You know, some people say drink a beer is hard. We're not two of them. Let's get after it. Welcome to Driftless Drinks. My name is John. My name is Mark, and welcome to season two. We did it, everybody. Thanks for your support. Woo! Yay! Season two is here. I can't believe we're actually doing this. Actually, I can. I can believe this a lot. John and I like to drink beer. We like to drink beer together, and we like to take notes while we do it. Absolutely. We actually like to tell people about it, um, and thank you for listening. Yes, very much so. So, to kick off season two of Driftless Drinks, I have brought one of my very, very favorite American styles of a Belgian beer. I mean, this one truly, John, and I know I'm setting the bar high here for you, dude, and I probably shouldn't because this is always ends poorly. <laughs> Uh, Allagash Triple. These guys have been brewing Belgian styles for a long time in uh, in Portland, Maine. The local bottle shop finally got some Allagash in, and I was so excited to try it that I drank all of them I could find. <laughs> well, fortu- fortunately, you saved uh, saved uh, two for me, so I, I, I did. I'm happy about that. Awesome, man. Yeah. yeah so, uh, Allagash Triple. It's a Belgian-style golden ale. It says, brewed and bottled in Portland, Maine. We already said that. Turning the label. Passion fruit and honey notes define this complex golden ale. Triple was one of our earliest beers and is made to celebrate the storied Belgian style after which it's named. We brew all of our beer at a single brewery in Portland, Maine, just like we have since 1995. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to show you around. And you know what? If I ever get out to Maine, I'm going to sit in this tap room from the moment they open until nightfall. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to talk. I've actually been to Maine a number of times and been just north of Portland, uh, so uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna hit it the next time. Which uh, it's coming up in a few months, actually. Awesome. So, yeah. All right. So I think with no further ado, shall we? We shall. All right. Get out to pop the topper. All right. In three, two, and one. One. You know the bottles don't make as much of a noise as the cans do. I miss fire. So, I got a. There we you? go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to try to do this on mic really well. I'm going to pour it in. Here we go. Oh, yeah. There's the, the head is rising. Got a nice tulip glass here. Oh, yeah. Samesies. Yep. You know, that is just beautiful. That is, you know, if somebody had handed this to me, aside from the head, I'd be looking at a color that's, that's not far off of a Budweiser to me. The one I'm looking through. Okay. The straight up Bud. I could see that. To me, it's got a little more honey and a touch less clarity due to the sediment. Um, Yeah, kind of depends on, depends on which light I'm using, really. Cause yeah, if I go up to the if I go to the one up on the wall, I get a lot more orange out of that one. But the head would betray it though, because that is a beautiful foamy head. All right, let's stick a nose in it. Sure. So mm. Oh yeah, you can smell the Belgian yeast right off the top, and it also smells sweet. So on the yeah, l- there's a on the label they speak of honey and what is it? Peach, passion fruit. Passion fruit, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the passion fruit. I, I get where that would come off as peach. Yeah, and I it's but, like hints of apricot and pear to me. 
I get yeah. There's a little bit of pear in the back end. The the hop note I'm getting out of it is pretty smooth, pretty sublime. All right, I'm not able to pull much of a hop note out of it because I'm tasting that candied fruited sugar kind of a thing going on on top, along with the mm. the yeast. All right. Oh man, give her a drink. Yeah, I, I really right. hope this sets the table for you, man. All right, I'm going in for the drink. All right. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh. I'm so in love with this beer. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, okay, so there's more weight there than I was expecting. That's got a beautiful mouthfeel. And it's it's like, boy. You know, it. There's almost, I'm getting almost a lemon sponge cake out of that. Oh. You know, uh, I, it's just, if you've ever had like, not, not one where it's bitey. There's no bite to this. This is nothing but smoothness. And I think that smoothness is coming out of, what are they, they talk about like a two row barley blend. Now I don't know what that means, but that barley taste is there, which not a lot of beers can bring that, bring that to the party, you know? Yeah. I love this one so hard. And it's all, it has to do, hmm. so I think the one thing that it probably misses on a little bit would be, if you had to give it a knock, would be that kind of like, you know, with like true Belgian triples, there's that little pinch of like coriander or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, another spice too. But anyway, there's there's that little bite of coriander that sometimes you get in a true Belgian. I, I, I don't find that in this one, but everything else hits, like, comes straight up for me. You know what I mean? There's a, the, the mm -hmm. light fruit on the back, the Belgian yeast. Uh, like you were talking about the, uh, the malt uh, and the two-row barley really mm -hmm. shines in this one, too. It's just stacked so well, and I love these so hard because there is that little bit of sweet candied fruit sweetness in them that I just, oh, this one really nails it for me. Yeah, I know I know about you and the sweet. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, though. Sweet tooth I'll bad. <laughs> the sweet is not is not what I'm getting out of this i'm not getting any kind of a candy kind of thing and i guess because i've had i've had enough of them enough of the sweet beers lately especially with people playing with hazies all over all over creation oh yeah you know, throughout two, 2019 and 2020 but this one this one has has that balance i'd be worried i'd be worried i'd give somebody the impression that you know drinking this that it's going to be you know a dessert beer which oh. uh, you could have this, you could have this with dessert, and it would be great. But it would be a compliment to it. It wouldn't be a dessert by itself. Yes. I, this is don't let me so misconstrue upsetting. that. When I'm talking about a very light candied fruit sweetness, mm -hmm. I'm talking the like the pear end of it, the apricot end of it, and I'm not talking about like drowned yeah. in sugar syrup or anything. There's just oh, yeah. this very, I, I wouldn't call it a faint hue because it's definitely prevalent. But there is that fruit sweetness to it for me that falls back into that light fruit category. And I'm probably not doing a great job of describing it. But there's a sweetness there, a residual sweetness that pops up in the mouthfeel and it helps wash down, but it doesn't linger. It's not like a candy coating that would stick around and, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes like 
is kind of fun, but sometimes that can be a little bit distracting or, you know, over the top. There's not that there. This beer cleans up so well on the back end. It 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 really would be a perfect compliment to like a uh, like a fruit and cheese tray to me always comes oh. to mind. Like oh yeah, like how amazing would that be? I love me the stinky cheese. <laughs> That that's a really good that's a really good point. Now we should probably with with the new format we're we're going to kind of go through the uh, we're going to kind of go through a full tasting uh, experience. So we'll go through a quick intro. Then then just like we like, just like you've heard, we'll open the bad boy up, see what it looks like, give it a nose, give it a taste, and now we're going to let it sit, and we're going to just give it a little bit of time uh, to just relax and kind of come to a little bit closer room temperature, a little warmer, uh, just to kind of see how that plays. Sometimes that really opens these things up. Yeah, and that's one and thing I think we've missed in some especially bigger beers, because both John and I are both big beer fans, you know, so. Oh, yeah. There is no beer. And fans of big beer. And fans of big beer, too. Yes. Like, tall, wide. Heavy. <laughs> yeah. Really in for some heavy beers, bro. Uh <laughs> But a lot of times what you don't get with a, a quick one-off of a heavy beer is how they really come to life as you let them sit in the glass and meander around a bit. So uh, one of the things I did uh, was to, uh, as you might imagine, I went in and researched triples and uh, <laughs> yay, <laughs> and uh, looked it up. Uh, I don't know a ton about them, but I will tell you that you know, they're, they're off of a Trappist style, um, as, as, I mean, and that's going to be no surprise to you. And of course, um, there's three different Trappist styles that everybody thinks of. There's the duple, there's the quadrupel or quad, and then there's the triple. And what I didn't know was how young all three of those actually are. The, the triple was, for, was first introduced in 1934. No way. S- yep. So the, uh, and this is off of. 1394, um, you say? <laughs> no, 1934. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's, yeah. So there's, a, there's, uh, All About Beer has a great article on this. I should probably link to it in the show notes, but the, uh, um, it talks about where, where it came from. But yeah, it was a style. So what they were doing was, um, at the time in the early 1920s in Belgium, there was all of this really light beer that was coming forward. And the trap, the, the Trappist monks were having issues with that. They were, or, um, they were having this competition in, in, in the marketplace. And so this guy Heinrich, uh, Verlinden, uh, came up with this style of beer, which he originally called, uh, Whitcap Patter, uh, which Patter I know means father, but then later it became Whit, uh, Whitcap Triple. And, and he ended up brewing it in 1932 and then finally getting it out onto the market in 1934. So it's actually very young hmm. uh, for, uh, for a Trappist ale. That's interesting. So that actually came around at the end of the, uh, like the lagering revolution then, right? Because mm-hmm. like uh, Pilsners of the German and Czech areas, I imagine, were starting to dominate in the decades leading up to that. So that's very interesting. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that when you looked at the, uh, the duples and the, and the quads, especially the, the quads, because they were so heavy and they, they came out, you know, later, they came out in the late 1800s. And so the, when the, when those started to be made, 
be made, there was that kind of backlash that you see in a lot of, a lot of the, uh, uh, consumable marketplaces where mm-hmm. they'll go, they'll, it'll swing wildly from one direction to another. And so people are like, well, we're having all this heavy stuff, but what, what about this light stuff? And then they had to keep up with it. So it's, some of this history is really interesting. So, yeah. Thanks for looking that up. Mostly because I didn't do it. <laughs> All right, so we've waited around just over, what, 10, 12 minutes here, I think. We're on the brink of 12 so- minutes. Something like that, yeah. And you know the the head on this, I'm still got a little lacing on the side. I got this little bit of bubbles, raft of bubbles in the middle that looks like a pair of eyes. Oh, really? Mine, mine's got yeah. eight eyes, like like there's a spider in it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stick a nose back in this. Oh, see, everything just kind of that amplified it. It sat. And, I mean, part of it is you know your favorite and mine, retro nasal olfaction. Retro the truth of the matter nasal. Is, <laughs> I'll throw the sound by But the truth of it is, it really brightens it. I mean, and I should say by brighten, I mean it amplifies it. It isn't making it a brighter note. I just get so much barley out of that. Like in a very, very good way. You know how there's like there's a sweetness to bread mm-hmm. in, in and of itself. And that's coming from the sugars that's inside inside the uh, the barley. And of course, they've malted it and... It's hard to get that into the final product this well without making a dark beer. Yep. Super balanced. A mm. little bit sweet, a little bit yeast. Try a little bit fruit. I think it's I think it's even sweeter. I don't know if that's because I'm used to it or if it, it if it was that good ten minute wait, but So this is what I've found after going through quite a few of these. <laughs> they do tend to get sweeter as you sink into Ooh. them. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's the effervescence starting to leave from the carbonation that kind of <laughs> lends the beer to stack up on itself a little more, but they do. They do get a little sweeter. And now I'm starting to get a little bit of that honey, what they were talking about on the label. Oh, mm. It's just so good, though. I don't even know how else to describe it other than good. Yeah, I am getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a little of that honey, too. You know what's gone? The passion fruit's gone. That was only in the nose in that first that first little sip, which is okay. I mean, it you know it's just part of the journey. Yep, beer journey mm. with John <laughs> and Mark. I'm just along for the ride, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the cameraman that has to go with all those nature trekkers. No, that ain't, that ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. I'll, I'll, I, the only the only thing I contribute to this whole mess is oh, I look something up on Google. Hey, you know who's not doing that? Me. <laughs> All right. Cool. Shall we shall we close this one out? Well, I think we're getting close, right? So, like, we drank most of our way through the beer, and I can be perfectly honest: this isn't going to last much longer. <laughs> Mm-mm. I, uh, oh. Out of the beers I found this summer, like this one, there were two beers, and this is one of them that really stood out as being like, wow, why have I not had this before? Hmm. 
So I'm I'm pretty happy about it. I was really happy to find these, especially at my LBS. Always good going to the local bottle shop, finding something quality from somewhere else. Yeah. Very nice. And I'm glad I got Definitely. to share it with you, man. Yeah, I'm 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 glad you did. This is I was saying, I mean, I love I always love a good triple, and this is boy, this is about as this is about as good as they come. This is delicious. Yeah. I would agree. This is the best American brewed Belgian style beer I've had. And that's saying a lot. It is. I There's think. a lot of words in there. Yeah. All of them had a lot of letters in them. <laughs> Just words. No, salad. I mean that's it's, it's a bold. It's a bold statement, is what I'm saying. It's a bold statement, especially coming from somebody who really knows their Belgian beer like you do. I don't know if I know that much about it, but I do know what beers I like and what beers I don't. And I think this one, as far as <laughs> all the outliers that I've prefaced it with, being <laughs> is the best. There you go. God, I'm just a mess. You're doing fine, man. I don't know. I don't know what you're expecting, Avery. So more, but more <laughs> should, should be more. I, I want to be more. I'll take one. <laughs> We're going to go. So that was triple Belgian style golden ale from Allagash Brewing Company out of Portland, Maine. Uh, that was awesome, Mark. I really appreciate you. Uh, Introducing me to this this particular one. That's all. That's really good. Yeah, I'm happy to share it, man. And I'm I, I really do enjoy this one a lot. I think the people at Allagash have been brewing wonderful beers for a long time now, and I'm glad I finally gotten to uh, get a hold of some of them here. So. Driftless Drink Studio Recording, courtesy of HPJ Studios in Tomo, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts, and like us on Facebook and Instagram, where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. Visit us at driftlessdrinks.com where you can comment on each episode, and drink along with us on the Driftless Drinks YouTube channel. All right, well, that's it for this episode of Driftless Drinks. My name is John. I'll be Mark. <laughs> Keep a cold one handy for us. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for this episode. My name is Mark. <laughs> uh, I guess that makes me John. Don't, don't, don't. I can't read. I can't. I, I got to stop reading. All right. All Dude, right. You just pulled that That's... Ron Burgundy on you. You'll <laughs> <laughs> read literally anything you put on yourself. Oh, my God. Uh, well, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> we're really good at this. <laughs> we're brilliant. Wait a minute. Somebody else says that. Nope. We do now. <laughs> <laughs>